0: Welcome to my podcast, The Cross in the Desert. I'm your host, Randy L. Noble, and I want to say once again thank you so much for taking time out of your busy life today to join me on my podcast. I'm continuing my exciting, in depth, detailed chronological study of the book of Revelation. Today's podcast is going to be part two of the millennial reign of Christ on the earth part 2 if you happen to miss part 1 of this special podcast teaching series all you need to go and do is go to spotify that's one of the platforms that my anchor podcast is on you'll see a list of programs and you'll come to the one that says the millennial reign of christ Part one, and you can listen and be caught up with everything that I'm teaching. But today, I want to continue to expand on this exciting millennial reign of Christ literally on the earth, as I explained in part one from Revelation chapter 20. This is a literal reign of Christ for a thousand years on the earth, it's not to be taken. Figuratively, spiritually, it's to be taken chronologically when Christ returns in chapter 19. He builds the millennial temple. He defeats the armies of the Antichrist arrayed against Jerusalem. He brings his people into Jerusalem, and that's where he will reign with us for a 1,000 years. I want to begin this teaching by expounding a little bit on the idea of fulfilled covenants in the millennium. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3 is very pivotal about this. Now the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation and i will bless you and make your nation and name great so that you will be a blessing i will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you i will curse and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed very important scripture these are some previous covenants that will find more of a fulfillment during the millennial reign of christ Notice that Abraham was said to go out and I will show you the land I'm going to give to you, Abraham. I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. Well, we can see what God said in the book of Genesis later on that Abraham, your descendants will be like the scars in the sky, will be numerous descendants, millions I will bless you. I will make you a great nation. This is speaking of the Abrahamic covenant. Now, what's not mentioned there is another covenant we call the Davidic covenant. You will find references to that, especially in the prophecies of Isaiah, where on Isaiah chapter 9, Christ is being portrayed as having the government on his shoulders during the millennium. And it speaks of a literal reign from the city of Jerusalem on David's throne. So we learn that David himself will co-rule with Christ during the millennium. That is the Davidic covenant. Now there's something else here that you probably looked at and didn't understand. It's speaking of land which is part of the dispute today between the arabs and the jews land god has promised a certain measure of land to the jewish people they received a measure of that in the old covenant but in under the new covenant and in the millennium they're going to get 10 times more of the land than they already have so in this Very important verse of scripture here in Genesis. We're reminded of previous covenants that's been fulfilled, but will be expanded on in the new heavens and new earth. The Abrahamic, the Davidic, Davidic and the land covenant. Now, let me set up what's going to happen. I've already spoke of this before. In my previous teaching, I spoke of the return of Christ in Revelation chapter 19. I want to go over a little bit of that with you again to explain kind of the sequence of events. When Christ returns in Revelation chapter 19, we learn that he's coming back with us. It speaks of the riders of the other horses, white horses, with him. Now, one of the first things that he does is to build the Millennial Temple. I explained that before. It is a temple, a memorial, to all of the sacrifices that prefigured Christ and were fulfilled in Christ. But uh, Ezekiel chapters 40 through 46 talks about a temple in the future that will be built during the millennium. So when Jesus returns in Revelation 19, the millennial temple becomes a reality. Then After he has stepped down on the Mount of Olives, built the temple, he goes immediately to defeat the armies of the Antichrist and the kings of the east surrounding Jerusalem. The Bible says he speaks the word uh, like the sharp two-edged sword that comes out of his mouth and obliterates these armies. There is so much death and carnage that there is blood up to the horse's bridle for 173 miles. Christ will walk through that triumphant. And then he goes to Petra. At Petra is where God put four and a half million Jews away in hiding and protected them the last three and a half years of the tribulation period. What's so amazing is when Jesus returns to Petra for his people, they see him in his blood-soaked garments. And it's at that moment that they believe he is the Messiah. And they accept him. It's amazing what the Bible prefigures. Romans chapter 11. And so, all Israel will be saved. Jesus returns now to Jerusalem with these remnant people from Petra. They enter through the eastern gate of the new millennial temple, right on Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, an incredible feast under the Old Covenant. Jesus then enters into the Holy of Holies with these people. And the Bible says they are saved. God gives them the New Covenant. The remnant of these Jewish people from Petra are all saved in one day. Zechariah chapter 3, verse 9. It's just a glorious event that is coming in the future. Now, I want to speak about some of the other aspects of the millennial reign of Christ. For instance, there will be some, like these believers from Petra, they will live through the tribulation period. A remnant of Gentiles will live. And these Jewish people. Now, the thing that's amazing is that we have come back with Christ in our glorified, resurrected bodies. These groups of people, the Gentiles and the survivors from Petra, are still in their mortal bodies. And they will be allowed to enter the millennial kingdom in these mortal bodies. And one of the ways they survive and stay alive at this time is partaking of something called the tree of life. Let me explain. Revelation chapter 22, that last chapter in the book of Revelation, John says, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of light, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, through the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river, the tree of life, with its twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month, The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. So, these survivors of the tribulation and those from Petra are going to be sustained by eating of the tree of life. These leaves, it says, are for the healing of the nations. Now, the Gentile and the Jewish survivors of the tribulation, as I mentioned, are still in their mortal bodies. And Isaiah chapter 65 which talks about the new heavens and the new earth under the Old Covenant, talks about people that will live to be a 100 years old. So these children that are born to the millennial survivors, or the tribulation survivors, these survivors will procreate. They will have children that will live up to a 100 years of age. The interesting thing about these uh, children of the survivors is that they will have the responsibility to either accept or reject Jesus. If they reject Christ during this millennial reign, they will be sent to Hades after their death, in which they will stay in that holding compartment until the great white throne judgment. But if they receive Christ, then they will survive by eating of the tree of life forever. Now, what does the new millennium mean? the thousand-year reign, what does it look like? What is it going to be like? Well, in Matthew chapter 19, verse 28, Jesus told his disciples about this period of time. It's called the regeneration. And that really means a restoration. Remember the old Eden? When our parents lived in paradise before they sinned, it was paradise. It was beauty. It was harmony. It was peace. And then they brought suffering and death unto humanity through their act of disobedience. Jesus is going to restore the earth in the millennium. It will be again like that Garden of Eden. Now also in the millennium, there will be a governmental rule by Christ. Isaiah 9:6 says he will rule. The government will be upon his shoulders. This governmental rule will be over the entire earth now the amazing thing about this rule is that we his bride will rule during the millennium with a rod of iron we will have responsibilities governmental ones revelation chapter 2 verses 26 through 27 says the one who conquers and who keeps my works until the end to him I will give authority over the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. That's very, very important, that we are going to be given a responsibility to rule in that way. Now, what happens, though, at the end of this millennial reign? Revelation chapter 20, verse 10, talks about it, starting with verse 7. I want us to know what happens and when the thousand years are ended, Satan will be released from his prison and will come out to deceive the nations that are at the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them for battle. Their number is like the sand of the sea and they marched up over the broad plain of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. But. Fire came down from heaven and consumed them. And the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur where the beast and the false prophet were. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Hell is forever, folks. Very clear here. You might say, wow, what happened to that thousand years of peace? Well, at the end of that period, when the thousand years are over, The old deceiver will be released to deceive the nations. Well, why? Remember the children that are born during the millennial reign that will live to be a 100? Why does God release Satan again? Well, he wants Satan to tempt the hearts of these people. This will sort out the true believers from the false believers. That is, the possessors from the professors. These are the children born during the millennium. Some of them are going to sin and rebel against Jesus, but it will be very short-lived because it says in verse 9 that fire comes down out of heaven and devours them. Then the old deceiver, the liar, the murderer, Satan, is thrown into the lake of fire with the antichrist and false prophet forever and ever and ever i want us to understand something though this lake of fire matthew 25 41 speaks of the lake of fire the lake of fire was truly only prepared for the devil and his angels never for human beings but if anyone goes there it is because by their free will they chose satan over jesus you know the great white throne judgment the books are opened and these people the unbelievers are judged by the works by their works we as christians can never do enough good works to appease a holy god or to obtain righteousness we're saved by grace through faith in christ's finished work but because these unbelievers never trusted christ then God will show them how inadequate their works are. They will be judged solely by their works and, of course, fail and be thrown into the lake of fire. This has been an incredible adventure we've been on, looking in these last two weeks on the doctrine of the millennial reign of Christ on the earth. And my question to you is, where do you stand with Christ? Have you accepted him as your Lord and Savior? Have you bowed your knee to him? Because it's very clear that there is no hope apart from Christ. He is the risen Lord Jesus. All other imposters and religious leaders are dead and in the grave. But Jesus rose again triumphantly on the third day from the grave, conquering death, hell, and Satan for us and when we accept him he gives us a new heart and a new spirit so I want to ask you today have you received him into your heart as Lord and Savior if not today is the day of your salvation and I urge you to make him Lord and Savior I want to thank you so much today for joining me on my broadcast and for enjoying this teaching of the millennial reign of Christ. I want you to have a great week. God bless you. Thank you for listening today on the cross in the desert. Have an incredible week.